I hope you know that's about the scripture that's up there. <laughs> Our scripture is taken from Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Thank you, choir, once again for a beautiful anthem. Luke chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. Where Luke writes, He, meaning Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. And all who saw it began to grumble and said, He's going to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for this privilege of studying it together. And now as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own, through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm a people watcher. I guess it's an occupational hazard, but I have a tendency to watch people, watch the interactions, and I, I kind of enjoy seeing the things that get people excited and why they act the way they do. And one of the things that I find interesting is when a celebrity is around or when someone's coming to town, that is some prominent figure, how excited people get and the things that, that we do. I mean, for example, with, with the campaigns that are going on now, you'll hear about you know, somebody coming into town. And, and, and I'm always amazed when I hear the news saying, and people started showing up the day before. The day before. Just to be able to hopefully be up close to the front and, and maybe be able to be seen. And if you could shake somebody's hand, Wow. Or a concert. When a concert is coming to town and, you know, it's somebody that we've been dreaming of being able to go here and to see and to experience. And we, we try to go on and get our tickets as soon as possible so we can get right up to the front and be right there to experience it all. Well, when you think about Jesus coming to town, Zacchaeus is not exactly the person you would think that would be clamoring to get right up to the front. As a matter of fact, you might think somebody like Zacchaeus would be clamoring to go to the back. I mean, Zacchaeus wasn't a very popular guy. He was a tax collector. 
Maybe, maybe he had heard about Jesus. Maybe he had heard that Jesus seems to be friendly toward tax collectors and sinners. You know, if you just turn back one chapter, it was just recently that Jesus told a parable about two men coming into the temple to pray. One of them was a Pharisee that was very arrogant and proud of himself. The other was a tax collector who was humble and acknowledged that he was a sinner. And, and Jesus said, and that's the guy that went home justified. Maybe Zacchaeus heard that story and heard, we might be okay. He might be okay with somebody like me. Maybe he just saw the crowds. You know, when we see crowds, we, we want to know what's going on. When a crowd seems to be looking at something, we'll start looking at it too. We, we want to try to figure out what's going on. We want to make sure if something's going on, we're a part of it. last thing we want to do is get home and find out something big was happening right around us and we missed it. Maybe he saw the crowds, heard the crowds, wanted to be a part. We're not really sure. Zacchaeus was small. Actually, he was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. He was short in stature, small man, but not only was he short in stature and a small man, but he was looked upon as a small man because he was a tax collector. I mean, Tax collectors in biblical times were not collecting taxes for their beloved country of Israel. They were collecting taxes for the oppressive government of Rome that had conquered the beloved country of Israel. And now when you were collecting taxes, you were paying for the soldiers of Rome that were oppressing us. And, and you were paying for that very government and group that was holding us down and keeping us from being who we felt like we were called to be. And, and, and that was painful. And nobody liked tax collectors. I mean, we're, we're in tax season right now. We love our country. But very few of us are going, I just can't wait because I think I get to pay more. But imagine if you were paying for the oppressive government, oppressive country that is occupying your beloved land. No, he was considered to be a traitor. Because in biblical times as well, tax collectors, they, they could just kind of set whatever fee they wanted to set. And the government didn't care as long as they got their fair shake. So if, if I want Marty Westover's taxes, then... All I got to do is make up a number and Rome could care less. As long as I gave them their share, I can double it. I can skim off the top. I can do whatever. And if he resists, I got the Roman soldiers right behind me. Oh, no wonder he was hated. Not only that, he was a chief tax collector. You know what that means? That means he's good at his job. That means the Roman government realized this guy could pull in the money. This guy could get it out of the people. And they elevated him to a new role of being the chief tax collector so that they could get all that they could get. And not only that, he was rich. That's why it's in there. You're supposed to kind of go, hmm. 
Because how did he get rich? How did tax collectors get rich? He got rich off of the backs of his neighbors. He got rich by taking advantage of his own community. Well, he was one of the people of Abraham. We're told that at the end, he got rich by taking advantage of his own tribe, his own nation. He got rich by taking from those around him for himself. Oh, he was a wee little man. Look down on him. He was hated. He was a sinner. But we're told he was trying to see who Jesus was. I think that's an interesting way of putting it. I told you before, I think we read the Bible too fast. Slow down and catch this. He, he was trying to see who Jesus was. That meant he, didn't, he wasn't a believer yet. He hadn't followed him yet. He, he's trying to figure out who, what is it about this guy that crowds of people are following. Who is this? He wants to see who Jesus is. But because he's a little guy, he can't get through the crowds. And no one was going to say, hey, let Zacchaeus come up front. Because nobody cared for Zacchaeus. So Zacchaeus decides the only way he's going to be able to see is to run up ahead where Jesus will be passing by. You know, it's, it, it's kind of like when you go to a golf tournament, if you've ever been to a PGA tournament, sometimes it's just a little challenging because there are certain golfers that everybody wants to be around. I mean, you know, you'll see the, the mob of people that get around Tiger Woods or you'll see the mob of people that get around, you know, some other player. And if you want to be able to see them, you can either try to fight the crowd or you go on up to the next hole, go ahead before they get there, get your spot so that when they come by, now you're in position to see them. That's what Zacchaeus did. He goes on up ahead where Jesus is going to be coming, and he climbs up in a sycamore tree. Now, the tree that you see on the screen, that's a sycamore tree, and that's in Jericho where this all took place. He goes, I know I took that picture. Now, I'm not going to tell you that's the very tree. And that limb right there, now wouldn't that make for a great story? But I'd be skimming off the top if I told you that. But he goes up and he climbs a tree like this one in the town of Jericho, waiting for Jesus to pass by. And Jesus comes by and he stops. And the coolest thing happens. He looks up in the tree and he sees Zacchaeus and he calls him by name. That's important. Jesus knew who he was. Now remember this. Luke told us at the beginning Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus is. Who Jesus was. He, he didn't know Jesus yet, but Jesus already knew who Zacchaeus was. Catch the difference? Zacchaeus doesn't yet know who Jesus is, but Jesus already knew who Zacchaeus was and called him by name. Zacchaeus. John Wesley has notes on the scripture in one of the notes that he wrote in this section. He goes, what a strange mixture of passions Zacchaeus must now have felt. Hearing one speak as knowing both his name and his heart. C.S. 
See, Jesus has this uncanny ability to know exactly who we are and, and what's going on. Remember when he called Nathaniel and he goes, oh, there's an Israelite without, with whom there's no deceit. And Nathaniel's going, how do you know me already? Remember when he saw the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4 and, and they're talking to each other and Jesus says, go call your husband. And she goes, I don't really have a husband. And Jesus said, I know you've been married many times before and now you're living with a guy that's not your husband. And she goes, how do you know me? She actually went back to the town and said, he knew everything about me. It was the oddest thing. You see, we may not know who Jesus is yet. But Jesus already knows who we are. And he stopped and he called him by name. And he said, I, I want to come to your house today. Now that's, that's an interesting thing. I, I, want, I want to come to your house today. I mean, there were other times when lepers would come up to be healed that Jesus would heal them and they would go their own way and, and other things happen and Jesus would make a difference and they would go their own way. But with Zacchaeus, he goes, I really want to come to your house today. Wow. You know, we, we kind of have changed things in our culture a little bit. You know, now we, we have a tendency to meet people somewhere. Instead, you know, we used to invite people to our homes and now we just kind of meet somewhere. We meet for coffee, we meet for lunch, we meet for dinner. But there is something about coming to somebody's home. When you're, when you're invited into somebody's home, you learn so much about them. And it's one of the most sacred moments because, you know, you're invited in. This is where I live. This is how I live. This is where my family lives. This is the table where my family eats. I mean, it, it's an intimate invitation to be invited into somebody's home. I, I can learn more in about 10, 15 minutes in somebody's home than I can in a couple hours in my office, which is why very few people invite me to their homes. <laughs> I'm kidding. You walk into somebody's home, though, and you see pictures of children on the wall, you start learning what's important to them. You, you, see, the, you, know, what, you see what's significant in their lives pretty quick. And Jesus wanted to come to his home. In biblical times... To, to go to somebody's home was one of the most intimate invitations you could receive. To sit at someone's table meant, I accept you. I embrace you. We are friends. I call you friend. And Jesus said to Zacchaeus, I want to come to your home today. Why? Because what Jesus was saying in that was, I don't want to be your religion. I want to be part of your life. I don't want to just be your religion. I, I want a relationship with you. I, I don't want to just be somebody that you know. I want to be someone that you love. I want to be somebody that's a part of who you are. I want to be part of your being. I want to be part of your world. I, I don't want to just be your religion. I want a relationship with you. And I think that's a message we could hear in our world today because so many of us in our world today that go, yes, I'm Christian, that's our religion. But God is looking for something deeper than just a religion. He's looking for a relationship. He goes, I actually, I don't want you just to come here and see me once a week for an hour or two. I actually want to go home with you. I want to go home with you. I would love to go home with you. I want to be part of your lives. 
I want to be part of your world. I want to be part with your family. I want us to have a relationship. And then Jesus said, today. Well, that puts you in a crisis, doesn't it? You know, and I actually want to, I, I want to I come to your home. Great, today. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, we have a tendency to go, well, today's not really good. Let's see. How about two weeks from Tuesday? Right? By saying today, it puts Zacchaeus in the spot where he had to go. Now, what do I do? Do I embrace the invitation of Christ? Or do I reject it? And we're told that Zacchaeus hurried down and welcomed him into his home. Hurried down and welcomed him into his home. And of course, there were some people who weren't happy about it. There were some grambling going, can you believe that? He is actually eating with, with that sinner over there. What they're really saying is, I've been walking for the last mile and a half with Jesus. He didn't say he's coming to my house. Right? He's actually going to eat with this tax collector in this center, which says that Jesus came for all of us. All of us. And you experience conversion. I mean, catch what happens next. I mean, Zacchaeus looks at Jesus and calls him Lord. Did you catch that? Call him Lord. And we were just told a few moments ago that the whole reason that Zacchaeus was trying to get through the crowd and finally ran up to the front and climbed a tree was so he could figure out who Jesus was. And he figures it out. When Jesus called him by name and said, I want to be part of your life. I want to come home with you. And Zacchaeus welcomes him into his home. The next thing he does is called him Lord. Figured it out. Figured it out. I know who you are. And then he goes, and I'll tell you what. Half of everything I have, I'm going to give to the poor. Half, 50%. I want you to remember this scripture next time I say something to you about 10%. 50%. 50%. Half of everything that I've got, I'm going to give it to the poor. Now, that's important because, again, something just happened. If you turn back to chapter 18, you got to look at the context. Something just happened in chapter 18. In chapter 18, there was this young, rich kid who comes up to Jesus, and he says to him, Hey, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? I mean, I want to make sure that I got a place. What do I need to do to make sure I got a place? And Jesus said to him, Well, you're brilliant. Surely you've read the scripture. You know the law. You know that it says you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And in verse 21 of Luke 18, the, the guy goes, yes, then I'm good. I'm great. Because I've been doing that since I was in the youth group. And Jesus looked at him. 
And he goes, yeah, but for you, there's one more thing. I need you to sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Now, I'm not really sure that Jesus literally meant for him to go sell everything he had and give it to the poor. I think what Jesus was trying to say was, which one of us will really be your guide? And the one thing that stands in between me being your guide is all your stuff. So for you, there's one thing more. Isn't it interesting? The scripture said at the end of that in Luke 18, 23, that that young man became very sad. Went home sad. Because he was very rich. Zacchaeus, remember the wee little man? Zacchaeus, when he encountered Christ in his life, and his life changed because Christ had come into his home, into his being, into his world, said, I'll give half of everything I've got to the poor. And not only that, he said, if I've defrauded anybody, now, remember what he did for a living? What are the odds that he defrauded somebody? Whoever I've defrauded, I'll give back four times the amount. Well, if you take your Bibles and turn back to Leviticus chapter 6, around verse 4, and I know for some of you, you may have committed this to memory because Leviticus is one of those books that you read regularly and, and you dwell on and you study. And if you don't know why that's funny, read Leviticus. <laughs> In Leviticus chapter 6, verse 4, it, it tells you that if you have robbed somebody, if you have defrauded someone, if you have taken advantage of someone, if somehow you've manipulated away from, from your neighbor something that was theirs, then you're to return that plus one-fifth. You're to return that plus 20%, in other words. So when I've defrauded someone, if you've defrauded someone, when a tax collector has defrauded someone, then what the scripture says is, is you return that and 20%. Zacchaeus knew the scripture. Remember, Jesus says he's a child of Abraham. He grew up with the faith. But Zacchaeus says, I'm, I will do, I want to do more than, I'm not just going to do the minimum. I'm not just going to do the bare minimum. If I've defrauded somebody, I am so sorry. I'll pay them back four times. Not one times plus 20%, but I'll pay back four times. Because I want this to be right. Wow. And Jesus looked at him. And he said, you know what? Salvation has come into this home Today, salvation has come to your home today because clearly I'm not just your religion anymore. We have a relationship. Clearly I'm not just your religion. I'm part of your life. So salvation has come to your home today. And Jesus said, the Son of Man came to seek out and save the lost. Going through Jericho wasn't going out of the way. It was the whole reason he came. Running into Zacchaeus wasn't a delay and an interruption. It was the whole reason he came. 
And, and here the good news is that Jesus knows your name today. Now, you're here to worship God today. What, what is it that you're looking for from Jesus today? What is it that you're looking to find out about Jesus today? But I want you to hear the good news. Jesus already knows your name. And here's what Jesus wants from you. You see, he loved you so much that he was willing to give his life for you. And what Jesus is saying to you is, hey, church is just about over. I really want to go home with you today. The worship service is just about over. But I really want to go home with you today. Because I don't want to just be your religion. I want a relationship. I want to be part of your life. I want to be part of who you are. I want to be part of your world. And then we, we have a calling for the response. Because Jesus just said, I want to come home today. And we get to go, awesome. And welcome or today is really not good. But Jesus looked at Zacchaeus and he said, salvation has come to your house today. And my prayer is that salvation will be in every one of our homes today. And if you just have a religion, here's the good news. Jesus was coming right by here, stopped, saw you, and is calling you by name and would love to become part of your life. Will you pray with me?